Welcome to Girls Who Read Porn. Please be advised that this podcast contains mature content for mature audiences. The title might have given that away though. We would also advise you triple check the trigger warnings of each book prior to the episode. And if it's not for you, we'll see you next week. Each episode includes major spoilers, so make sure you read the book and don't say we didn't warn you. With all that in mind, on with the show. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for another episode of Girls Who Read Porn. It's me, G, and as usual, I'm joined by the lovely Betty. Hello. And Ola. Hey, y'all. And we are very lucky to have the privilege today to be joined by Sam Hall, an author of quite popular Omegaverse books. You probably know her from the Season series or maybe her new Wolfverse series. How are you, Sam? Yeah, good. How about you guys? Good, Thank good things. You. I'm just chugging along. Not bad for a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> this is quite good. You're the first Australian author that we've had. Oh, really? So it's, yeah, well, yeah, I'm, so it's I'm nice very to excited somebody, about this. Yeah, and it's nice to have somebody that's like close to our time zone because yeah. normally we're, we're <laughs> like meeting with people that are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's you good. write books, what were they about? I can't remember. Tell me something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, may also under, you may also understand our slang, which is oh, also yeah. really cool. <laughs> yeah. So, how did you originally get into writing romance and like Omegaverse books? Um, so with romance, that started happen like a long time ago, um, probably say 15 years ago. Um, I'm not going to say who, but I was reading a very popular series at the time um, and it just made me really angry because I really, really, really liked some aspects of it and I really, really, really hated other aspects. And at the time, there wasn't a huge amount of um, paranormal romance on the market. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So... Um, I was like, okay, fine, I'm going to have a go at doing that. And I probably wrote about a million words that were all trash and have never seen the light of day and were really, really bad. And I rethought my position on, I still am not happy with aspects of that author's work, but I became a whole lot more humble. Um, So um, my background is actually in visual arts. Um, That's what I used to do most of the time. Um, And so I just sort of got to the point where it was always very expensive and didn't bring a very good return in. So it was like, you know, if you're going to create something, how about something that doesn't cost so much? So then I went, okay, I'll give writing another go. Um, And then I started writing books that have actually been published now in 2019 and um, Omegaverse. Um, that had been on my radar for a while. Um, Laura Lee's books, the Breed series, she used to have a lot of Omegaverse type elements in it. Um, and then there was Catherine Moon's stuff in the uh, Reverse Harem world, uh, which I think is probably the sort of gold standard for um, Reverse Harem and Megaverse. And a lot of people came at it from that. Um, and yeah, that's that's probably where, where I'm Nice. We've spoken to authors before that have said that, like, the first thing they ever wrote will never see the light of day. Like, they get that. I feel like most people need to pump out, like, a book's worth of just shit before they can get going. So much, so much. I had many, many books of shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's it's all in a uh, hard drive somewhere, but we just don't look at it ever. But, um, yeah. Nice. Um, what book are you currently reading at the moment? 
Um, so I haven't been reading heaps. Um, this year, for some reason, I'm just not reading, I think, because I've been um, writing full-time for the first time this year. Um, so it's just kind of 24-7 writing, 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 writing. And so when I get home, I get to bed, it's just like, uh, I'm just going to doom scroll <laughs> through TikTok or something like that, <laughs> which is totally market research. Um, but, uh, yeah, I did read um, CM Naz Costa. I don't actually know how to pronounce her name, but um, – the full moon breeding clinic i think it is she's the one who did the morning oh glory. my god yes yes yes, yes. it's the one yep. that we've been talking about with every single author who has been reading it yep. and it is called yeah. morning glory milking farm yeah so oh, not but that one full moon breeding clinic the vampire one yes no no no. we're werewolf. gonna do cm nas costa soon As i can't every single author's reading it yeah werewolf <laughs> i mean uh, look her stuff is just outstanding like seriously mm. it's the bar by which we all just go one day maybe but yeah no. so um, insanity I love those books yeah I was set up to like after midnight reading that two nights ago and then suffered the next day but um, yeah that was really, really <laughs> awesome so yeah she's she's an incredible nice. writer you've Amazing. been pumping out a lot of books considering you only really started publishing in 2019 and then this is your first year full-time writing so have you just yes. been just letting them fly uh, yeah. So, um, uh, one, I just tend to be like that. Like, um, my, I'm sort of at my happiest when I'm creating things. Um, so always beforehand it was, um, day job and then you create in the time outside of that. So I kind of, I don't know, my whole adult life, it's just sort of been everything else like social life and stuff like that sort of gets shoved to one side because, you know, I just got to create type things. So, um, yeah, I mean, people are kind of like, whoa, <laughs> even other authors are like, what's going on here type thing. But um, yeah, I mean, my brain is just obsessively wanting to create things all the time. Um, it's always thinking about new ideas. It's always, you know, I don't have plot bunnies. I have like a plot infestation. It's, yeah, it's this. And so it's just like, you just want to get them out of your head um, because they just sit in there going, you know, like... Um, the first Wolf Omegaverse book that I put out this year, like I had that idea back in 2019 and it's just been sitting there going, come on, come on, do this, do this, write me, write me, write me, write me. And it, they all just sit there nagging you the whole time and you're just like, shut up. So then you try and write them. So, yeah. But, um, um, yeah. So, and the other thing is also, you know, if any authors are listening to this, uh, rapid release does really good things for your Amazon algorithm. Um, so mm. if you produce within a sort of 30-month cycle, uh, Amazon goes, ooh, you know, let's push your book to people without necessarily paying any more for ads. So, um, so yeah, it's a strategic thing as well. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, we have spoken to other uh, indie authors about that as well, about how you kind of need to stay current. You need to keep on pushing things out. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. definitely some authors that don't need to. Um, you'll mm. know them pretty much straight away. You know, whichever um, subgenre you're into, you'll just know that there's those, you know, five really hot authors. You know, they can put something once or twice out a year and they're cool. You know, it's they're lucky that the the tail end of their releases is very very slow and gradual because they've got that um, that cult following. Um, you know, there's plenty of people who read my stuff, and I you know I do very well sales wise, but I just don't have that unfortunately. So yeah, something to work towards. <laughs> <laughs> and so you mentioned um, all your ideas nagging you. Mm. How do you come up with all of the little the little ideas? um so there is no working on that they just happen um so it's more how do we stop them from coming um <laughs> so 
That's, like, not, that's, I mean, that's a good problem to have. Yeah, I think no, it's a bad problem. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Honestly, at the moment, see, my partner is my um, uh, my developmental editor in a way. Um, he and I just bounce ideas off each other and he helps me flesh out everything. So if you ever read anything that's got good world building in it, that's usually because of him. Um, so at the moment, we've got about four different books that we're kind of fleshing out in our heads to sort of for me to write. Um, and that's, you know, that's fairly normal. So um, what, what, how do I choose which one? It's really what's happening with the market. Um, so you will notice that there are trends. So Megaverse has been huge this year. Um, it, it spiked last year, particularly with uh, Lola Rock's um, Pactali. Loved that. That was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so that draw, like, you know, obviously um, Catherine's Moon's Sweetverse was huge, um, but Lola Loved seemed to um, push, that, push it up. And so the, I thought it was going to fizzle out. Um, so I put the Wolf and Megaverse one in as a kind of a bit of a, um, almost like a calculated move because wells are what they call an evergreen topic people just don't seem to get sick of them um we thought that there would be a spike back in interest in vampires because of the whole interview with a vampire that's been made into a tv show there's been a lot of movies coming out now um at least reverse harm readers they just don't seem to be into it um but werewolves are always very very popular so i kind of splashed the two together thinking yeah this might give it a bit more longevity thinking i was going to do one book and that was it um but it ended up probably doing better than any of my other releases this year so then i went okay i guess we're writing some more of those so yeah it's kind of like what, what do readers want more of um what are they what are they really into you know like the first season book that did amazingly the others were like yeah they're all right so i didn't really do much more in that um yeah you got to give readers what they want um i did sort of what i wanted to do at the start because I didn't have a career or a name or anything like that, and I could just do whatever I wanted. Um, it just really didn't sell very well. And, yeah, it's kind of like, do you want to do this as a job or do you just want to go and just do passion projects? And, yeah, some people are really lucky. They can do passion projects and they make a million squillion dollars. Um, but, yeah, the vast majority of us have got to sort of look around and go, what are readers looking for at the moment? So, yeah. Yeah. With um the Wolf Omegaverse, like I'm in a fair few Facebook groups and that's like one of the main things people are looking for, a shifter Omegaverse, because there oh, isn't okay. a massive amount out there. I know Carnage Island is very popular. Mm, that's massive. And, like, Yeah, massive. It's amazing. I love it. Um, And so ever since people started reading Carnage Island, they're like, what else is there in like Wolf Omegaverse? And there's really not that much. No, there isn't heaps. Um, yeah, Lexi yeah. absolutely killed with that book. <laughs> she, like, Insane it's still book. incredibly Amazing. high right, ranked. She's yeah, so um, absolutely. It was my first verse. Oh, really? <laughs> that- yeah, that's how I got into it. And then I was like, guys, we have to do a Megaverse. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Jerrica James has one. Um, who else has? I think Mila Young, who's an Australian author, has some. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, oh, um, there are uh, a few, but I just don't yeah. think that they fully fit in with that, like, um, Carnage Island kind of vibe. Yeah, Carnage Island is pretty special. Yeah, yeah, and yep. so like reading Wolf First, it was it's not the same thing at all. But like mm. at your Wolf First series, but at at the same time, it is kind of what people are looking mm. for at the moment when they are in these Facebook groups asking for Shifter or Megaverse. Yeah, see, I never see that. I always see people getting the opposite. They all only want the contemporary stuff and they get quite snotty about um, – like there's a bit of a, a stigma against um, 
wolf omega verse, but anyway, we won't go too much. I'm going to add you to this Facebook group. <laughs> All right, done, done. Bring me to my people. This is where I, I will, need to go. These people are filthy as fuck, and I love them, but they all want the wolf shit. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, no, yeah. mate. Mate, I've got like, mm, I don't know, 20 or 30 wolf covers because I'm just like, every time I see a new wolf cover, I'm like, oh, I might as well buy it because honestly, it just seems like that's all people want to read from me. Yeah. I'm like trying to get this dragon one off the off the, um, off the the ground at the moment and people are like, mm. and um, yeah, so anyway, but yeah. That um, must be kind of hard like to be sort of, I guess, like typecast as a – a megaverse author because you would oh it's not so much a megaverse so yeah like i mean so the other one that i put out this year was a low steam high fantasy kind of akatar sort of and that's Mm -hmm. got vikings in an alternate world and yeah that one um yes and i'm so pissed at you and my reason for it is (laughs) is that i was like oh all three books are out i'm fine and then i read the second one finished it went to go buy the third one and i was like fuck now i'm stuck for another year because it doesn't come out until september next year and i messaged the girls and i'm like i fucking hate sam hall right now (laughs) it's not going to take that long it is going to take longer than i hoped um those ones oh my god those books it is very low steam my soul out they tear everything i've got like i got covid after the second one i managed not to get covid at all and after i wrote the second one i was just like down went out with COVID oh for God. two weeks so oh, no. they are so draining to write they are they really are really hard so long yeah they are yeah, so, they're like three books in one well then actually the same as the wolf of megaverse but the other ones are sort of you know fluffy and all the rest of it it's, you know yeah. it's not that but that one's all like you know life and death and stuff but anyway yeah it's so good so it it's won't so be that good. long it'll be sometime early next year cross oh, fingers Christ. <laughs> I'll message you because you I'm dying done. to know what happens. Yeah. But it is right. very low burn, but like the story keeps you like so yeah. engulfed and it's so good. And it's my first like medieval yeah. kind of story. And it was like, yeah, it was really cool to read. I really enjoyed it. You might have to give Ola an arc to keep yeah, her satisfied. Yes, I was just like, note to self, send arc to team. <laughs> I'll take so all of with them. Your, um, yeah. With your writing process, what does it look like for you once you've sort of like fleshed out your ideas a little bit with your partner? What is the actual process of writing like for you? Okay, so they talk about writers being one of three teams. So it's either you're a panther, I'm just going to jump in and write and just see where I get to. Um, I'm going to be a plotter. It's all sorted out. I know what the world looks like. I know what the sky is like. I know what the seasons do. I know everything. Um, So um, there was a fantasy author my partner loves, um, wrote the horse clans he used to like forge the same sort of weapons that they did so he knew what that was like i'm not that guy um and in the middle is the kind of plants which sounds organic but it's not so um they also call it kind of the the torch method in that you kind of know where you're going for about i don't know the first 10 chapters or something and then you have to stop and go okay this is all the things that happen now where do we go? And then we sit down and we chat about it again and yeah. So that tends to be me. I usually know how the book's going to end um, because otherwise you can't do all the foreshadowing that needs to happen. Um, I write pretty clean. So what I write tends to be what you read. Someone's gone through and edited out all the typos, but I don't extensively revise. Um, 
So we try to get it as good as possible um, in the first go. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, I know where I'm going to start, I know where I'm going to end, and then I've just got to kind of work it all out in between. So yeah, totally. work out how to join the dots. So yeah. And usually what it is, is it's, it's logic for a character. Um, so if you want them to go and detour off and do blah, well, if that doesn't mesh with who they are as a person, it feels really bad when you write it. You just go, this is not right. Um, I'm rewriting a couple of scenes at the moment because I'm just like, no, nah, this just doesn't fit with who they are as a person. Um, so that's largely what informs the process. I think, you know, a lot like um, CM Nascosta, that's what she does. She's like, she's amazing at character focused um, writing. Like her characterization is astronomically good um so yeah yeah Yeah, like I actually really want the other girls to read these books because like we've spoken about it several times on the podcast and like it sounds ridiculous having a milking farm Mm. and whatever else but like (laughs) when you read it it's actually such a sweet book and you're like how did it turn into such a sweet book when some chick is jerking off a guy in a medical center (laughs) yeah yeah there's, there's so much more to it like because um, there's a lot of sweet, cute, fluffy um, books out there, but hers is very smart. So her, um, so Sierra good. Simone and um, oh, Catherine yeah, Moon, they're yeah. they're kind of like smart, you know, a thinking girl's um, smart, basically. That's what I tend to think of. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's stuff that's – well, it's sort of like literary level excellence, but, mm. you know, <laughs> we're going to talk about jerking off minotaurs. But, yeah, anyway, <laughs> so um, – uh, yeah, and you, you you didn't get any hint of what it was about from the cover. The cover just made you look like this was a terrible fanfic. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful cover now. But, um, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. If, if character is your focus, then the character drives the story. The, the character um, has to be a three-dimensional person. They have to have motivations. Um, I don't list them out or I, I just get a feel for them as I'm writing them. And, and yeah, that, that's what drives the story forward me, for me personally. Nice. And so for our listeners out there that have been hiding under a rock, could you please <laughs> um, give a sort of layman's overview of what an Omegaverse book is? Sure. Um, so apparently it had its roots in fanfic, uh, apparently a lot of queer fanfic. Um, so that made a lot of sense to me. I, I didn't come from that. So Laura Lee's stuff was all very hetero and all the rest of it. Um, but it makes sense in that what it's doing is it's taking the rigid gender role. So, you know, women are this, men are that, um, and getting rid of that in, to a degree and instead replacing it with these designations. Um, it's based on what was a theory about wolf packs. That theory has been largely disproved when it comes to dogs and wolves. So if you're trying to be an alpha with your dog, don't. It doesn't actually work. Um, <laughs> they actually found that it, it came from a study where they had a whole bunch of wolves that weren't related to each other that were shoved into a cage in a zoo and then they went, oh, okay, from this we can extrapolate that that's what wolves act like in the wild. Who thought what could go wrong um so anyway <laughs> alphas tend to be um in a lot of hetero omega megaverse tend to be male only there has been some notable females um but it's not often um and they tend to be stereotypically male so very big very strong much bigger much stronger than everybody else they can do things like um use some sort of voice trick sometimes it's a bark sometimes it's i don't know some sort of aura or whatever, and they can have an impact and sort of almost psychically control um, betas and omegas. 
Um, they can, in some books, they're very fast to get angry or react or, um, yeah, be stereotypically over the top. Think of a really bad bouncer who'd been doing lots of roids on a Sunday night, kind of like that. <laughs> um, so it, it's ultra masculinity. Um, and so when when you get female alphas, that gets a little bit different. But anyway, tend to be very dominant, always naturally dominant. Some In some books, they're smarter, faster, better, you know, more aggressive than everybody else, kind of that perfect A-type. Um, and Omegas um, tend to always be physically weaker. A lot of people write their Omegas so that they're quite diminutive. So, you know, a little five foot nothing. Um, um, girls and boys, they tend to be very slender. Um, I don't tend to write Omegas like that. That just kind of irritates me. Um, but um, uh, they are instinctually often naturally submissive towards an alpha but they tend to fight it because you've got both your instincts as a person and then there's who you are as a person so that that clash between instinct and um and your personality is a big part of the conflict of the books um omegas and alphas sort of go together like you know peas and corn um they are almost kind of destined to be together always um uh, sometimes in some really hardcore non-com books that can kind of, yeah, non-com pretty much <laughs> encapsulates what that means. Is, um, <laughs> I, I don't do that myself. Um, uh, so, um, and then you get betas, which are pretty much like just everyday people. They're rational. They are not so instinct driven. Um, they're kind of the meat and the sandwich in between these sort of omegas and alphas. So I think what people think of is like, you know, if your dog went into heat, all of a sudden your, 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 um, female dog is not looking like usual puppy. It's doing a whole lot of disturbing things because it really <laughs> wants to have puppies. Um, and so, you know, all of a sudden you've got every male dog in the, um, in the neighborhood sort of around to sort that out. Um, and it's kind of like, what if you extrapolate, put those, those behaviors onto human beings? Uh, what, what would happen if that was like that? Um, so yeah, there's heat, um, nesting. They have people purring, which has got nothing to do with being a wolf-like thing. I don't know why. I think they're just <laughs> kind of weird. Animalistic behaviors that seem hot. Let's put them all together. Um, yeah, with no like, you know, ball licking or anything like that. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, and so the interesting thing in, in a queer context is um, you would have... Um, I'm preg? Yeah, that, but it's kind of like the male and female part doesn't matter anymore. So it's not this whole um, heterodynamic where, you know, men are like this, and women are like that, and that's what they're instinctively like, and they're always going to come together like this. Instead, you could be a male and an alpha or an omega, or you could be a female or an alpha or an omega. Your gender doesn't actually matter. It's your designation that matters. So you can have a female alpha and a female omega, or a male alpha and a male omega, or in a hetero combination. So, yeah, it's interesting that, you know, in a queer imagination, they still created a bunch of really rigid rules um, to, to, to rule the world. Um, but, yeah, they just didn't involve, um, what's it called, that sort of heterodynamic. So, yeah, that's a really long way yeah. of describing it. But anyway. <laughs> that's a great way of I, describing yeah. it. Yeah. 
I think as well, like, you definitely notice a few links to other maybe more, like, primal trope, breeding mm. trope, yep. like, predator-prey kink sort of books as yep. well. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. pro- predominantly what it's all about is is that primal kink sort of thing. Um, mm. Yeah. 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 Um, so for your Omegaverse books, what mm-hmm. are the more sort of, I guess, unique elements that you've put in to make them your own? Um, so I dialed the non-con back down heaps. I just can't come at that. Um, look, there is absolutely no kink shaming. You know, if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. It just sits really badly with me. I just can't deal with that, so I don't. Um, in the Wolf First ones... It was probably less dystopian, um, so it was kind of like that. Um, it was based know, people... in Adelaide. I don't know how dystopian Adelaide could be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did you grow up there? <laughs> no. <laughs> nah, um, yeah, that's like that's where I'm from, so that's why I use that. Universe. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. I loved reading a book with an Australian city. I was like, yes, I love this. <laughs> like when I read um, T.L. Swan's Australian series, I was like, yeah. I know. Exactly what you're talking about. It feels good. <laughs> well, everyone was like, everything's always in Sydney or Melbourne, so I just went bugger it. I'll, I'll go. I've never been to Perth, and Brisbane was, yeah. Anyway, um, so um, <laughs> bunch of wolves running around Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I so want to do bogan wolves one day, but anyway. Um, oh, can you please? Oh, yeah. Uh, can you actually? Good. That would be amazing. Like out in Caboolture or something. <laughs> we were talking about it having um. Um, werewolf tradies. You know, oh yes, <laughs> I want to put like oh all my tropes in one, like tradies and omegaverse. Like, sign me up. Yeah. Well, see, tradies are doing much better for themselves financially, so you know, women are starting to get a bit like you know about that. Yeah. So, um, anyway. Get um, freaking builder in your set. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I can't even remember what the original question was. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. What are the um, unique elements of your All right. Okay. Okay. So yeah, basically, um, there would have been people emigrating out. Well, sorry, invading Australia like they have, um, and settling in Australia. They brought this stuff with them. Um, my partner was like, "Uh, so is this a dynamic with um First Nations people?" And I'm like, "I don't know." And it's really complicated. Stop asking me questions. But anyway, <laughs> um, they've set up lots of little country towns. Um, because I was from, I was born in Mount Gambia. Um, and they've set the towns up to suit them. So because there's an environment that's really friendly towards um, alphas and omegas, it's a lot less dystopian. Um, and they kind of abandon the cities to the betas so the betas can go and do what they want to do because my partner was like, dude, um, you've got these big, scary, you know, super soldier dudes. How come they're not taking over? And I'm like, they don't want to. That's They just want to be there and they want to do their thing. And, you know, anyway. So... Um, so yeah, the season one was a lot more dystopian um, because I think there is an inherent element of that um, because there's all the choices you want to make as a sort of thinking, rational human being and then there's all these instincts that sort of smash you. Um, so, you know, instincts and instinctual and primal stuff, there is a kind of, if you're going to be a purist about it, there's an element of dubcon about it because you're not making conscious consensual decisions at all times so I played up with that a little bit um with the season um it was kind of like Bogan Bridgerton in a way um, yeah. <laughs> I was just like because um I went to uni in Melbourne and I 
went and it was my first sort of um, experience being um, in a school environment with people who went to some very, very posh um, high schools. And I was kind of like, what? Because um, there was a lot of really kind of Regency style aspects, you know, like doing cotillions and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, but what? A lot of people um, in high school did that too. Yeah. Because like, I grew up, I grew up in Darwin. Um, which was feral, um, you know, like <laughs> drinking. Darwin is not feral. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you know, dr- dr- driving around in V8s and drinking goon, like, you know, this this was the teenage ritual. So I'm just like, what? Um, so People anyway. do that I, in I, Victoria too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we met some. They do it everywhere. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I thought, oh, okay, so if there's all these sort of, you know, um, upper class sort of people, why not have it being slightly Regency? Because Bridgerton was happening at the time and, you know, we're seeing the glory of, um, what's his name? Rene Paul or whatever. Jean-Paul Rene. Thank you. Jean-Rene Paul. Jean-Paul Rene. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) That guy. (laughs) The hot guy. Simon. (laughs) Simon. Simon. Thank you, Simon. Um, Jean-Rene Page. Thank you. Got it. Yes. You're welcome. Sorry. Um, and uh, that was happening, and um, and in some ways, I guess I wanted to f- mesh that with the sort of much more feral upbringing that I'd had, um, where yeah, I mean, I grew up in the the 80s; it was pretty interesting, um, and yeah, there was just a lot of these quite charismatic but really messed up boys that I grew up with, and it was kind of like, okay, let's join those two things together and see what happens, and yeah, that's probably what it was. Nice, that's cool. For your um, Wolfer series, because I can think I can speak for all of us when I said that we all really enjoyed that. It's very steamy. You write mm. that se- that series has some high level smart in it. Yeah. Do you have any particular like scenes that you're really proud of? Honestly, <laughs> I don't even know if I remember them afterwards. It's just like uh, get it all out, and then it's like, oh, okay, that was cool. Yeah, um, I gotta admit the the um, I don't you probably guys probably haven't read the prequel for the one that's upcoming. Um, that one came out really easy, um, so nice. I was just like I'd been trying and trying and trying because I was supposed to the next book in the Wolfus um, series was supposed to be the stepbrother one, and I wrote it and I wrote it and I wrote it and I wrote fifty thousand words and I've t- ditched all of them it was all crap um and I was just like tearing my hair out because I knew I needed to get another one of these books out and so then I went bugger it, I'm going to do something else and I just sat down and I wrote it all out and it just worked really perfectly and you know the FMC is um plus size she's definitely got some trauma Love about that because because her parents you know mum's a bitch about it basically <laughs> um and yeah it was kind of that's what I like to do it it's really hard, like hats off to erotica writers, because if you're just going to write smart, it's really, really hard. It's really boring. Like there's only many slot A's that you can put into whole B's. Like it's- <laughs> We have said this many a time. That's why we wonder why there's dry humping. Because there's right. only so much you can put down on yeah. a piece of paper, and yeah. we're not fans of dry humping. Yeah, there, because there is, there's only so much you can do, and then it, like it's like, at what point does it just become repetitive? Yeah, you know, the thing you... is, what I've yeah. noticed is, because I, all right, so for example, Wolf Hotel is um, an MF book that people are just raving about. The smart, the smart, smart, smart. And I went, okay, cool. You know, because I was writing a billionaire romance, I wanted to get a sort of sense of, you know, what are people looking for, and honestly. 
the kink is pretty vanilla in a lot of ways. It's like, really compared- vanilla. It's only the yeah. last scene yeah. that is somewhat a little bit kinky. But when I read it, I was like, where's the smut? Well, see, people are really, really into it. And I think yeah. the thing is, is it, the acts themselves don't actually matter. So I don't think people really care where penises or vaginas or whatever are going. I honestly don't think they do. It is what is it psychologically doing? You know how they talk about, you know, your greatest sex organ is between your ears? It totally mm-hmm. is that. You know, like because if if it mattered, then um, women wouldn't be reading what they're reading and you wouldn't have this. You would just have reviews of Pornhub and, you know, this is what I saw someone doing the other day and wasn't that interesting. Um <laughs> It's the, the reason why women are drawn to um, to books is because you can see in the head of the um, of the performance. Whereas, I oh, thank God you can't on an actual porn. There's <laughs> <laughs> no more childhood trauma. I don't want to know. Um, but yeah, so um, and so it's the psychological thing because there are so many things that I've read that are people like this is the steamiest, hottest, oh my god thing, and I'm just like, no, it's not. But the setup and the twist of it and you know the dynamic between the characters that's what makes it hot for you they think yeah, it's, yeah they think mm-hmm. it's because of what's actually being done and it's like it's really not because that would be so good for me because then i just go good give me your top 10 flick 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 okay you know dbp blah, 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 and i just you know, it would be so easy to do uh it would be boring but it would be so easy to do but it, it's it's and that's why bully is so hot and people love it so mm-hmm. much because you, they could be having quite vanilla sex, but they freaking hate each other and it's hate sex. So then everyone's like, <gasps> you know, 100% on, into that. You know, I'm, I'm, this is way, way, way more hotter than what it was. I can definitely yeah, I can attest to that. Here we have a testimonial. <laughs> well, because it's like the it's the like it's the talking, it's like the conversation yeah. that is way more sexy. Because, um, because the last book of yours I read when we were going through was a wolf in sheep's clothing, and out of all the characters, I was like, Hayes, you're do you're doing yeah. something for me, and he's like, <laughs> technically. If you met him in real life, you'd be like, Ugh, "What an asshole!" Yeah. But because he's got like the best like sexy talk in the books, you were like, "Ooh, what are you yeah. doing?" Yeah. <laughs> and I have met so many dudes like that who you're just like, "I freaking hate you," but for some reason you're really hot. Um, and you know, some people <laughs> like, "I, yeah. I do," and they just go, "I'm just going to say exactly what's in my head," and you go, "That's a bad idea." Except you're doing it, and I'm liking it. Okay. Um, so yeah. Anyway. Yeah, with Wolf Hotel, she really did set it up well, like with the hate stuff and then setting it up with the cheating and everything else. Mm. So, yeah, I see where you're coming from with that, but I definitely don't think it's that smutty. (laughs) (laughs) I think um, we've had discussions before about how good it is when you just have so much tension. Like, Mm. if you can build that tension, then, yeah, like the sex scene might be really vanilla. But it's... It's like the culmination of all the stuff you've been waiting for, or like a really good slow burn when it's done really well. Like, mm. it's, yeah, gotta love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think basically the difference, perhaps, you know, stereotypically in male female patterns about this is um, it's a psychological thing for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of, of female, I guess, like arousal is based on anticipation. As mm. well, as opposed to the actual X themselves. Like, oh my god, we're going back to like, primal. We're going back to primal. We are, we're really prey. going back to primal. <laughs> yeah, like you could, I don't know, you could decide to have sex 
earlier in the day and build it up the whole mm. time, you know, like yeah. it's the anticipation. I guess there's yeah. always something to be said for like a, a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. like two kinds of surprises, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I think you're really hot and this just came at me from nowhere, yay. Mm-hmm. Or you're a guy in an alleyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. literally yeah. thought you said two guys is a surprise. No. I'm like, yeah, it's a big surprise. No. But, you know what I mean? Like, I was like I'm women, not understanding where this train of thought is yeah, going. One a second. consensual surprise. Yeah, and for women, that's th- something that needs to be considered. So, you know, men mm. have quite a different freedom when it comes to this sort of thing. Um, so if they're just like, you know, I just want to see him get down, you know, enough of this fluff let's just do it. And it's like, well, that's because you don't have, have never had to really think about contraception or having a mm-hmm. child or all the other stuff. You know, for women, from the moment that we are born, we are being schooled in the idea of, yeah, about ladylikeness, which is effectively um, the precursor for what you're supposed to act when you become sexually active. So, And, yeah, we, like a lot of the responsibility yeah. during, for sexual acts is placed on the girl. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. And if we're not, all the things you have to tick off, then we're the ones with the consequences. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There'll be other consequences, like we'll take your kids and things like that. So, yeah. yeah. Just give everyone a vasectomy. Yeah. And then they can reverse <laughs> it once they've, that they've got enough money in their bank account and they can be solid fathers. Yeah. That's that's literally called eugenics, Ola, and that is terrible. <laughs> Sterilize I'm people if they're poor. With you, like, don't it's do never that. gonna happen. I don't know. I say full go full Monty. I'm like castration. Just get rid of it. Full Betty. Gee, say it to her. You just said it to me. Oh, you gotta oh. earn it. What's this podcast? Oh, you'd earn your penis back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Freud would have so much to say about that. <laughs> Castrating bitches. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Boys suck, though, sometimes, so maybe it's not a bad idea. Well, this is the interesting thing. Like, you guys have seen all that stuff about the Psychology Today article, and they're saying that, you know, and basically they predict in about five, ten years, 45% of women in childbearing ages will be single voluntarily ah, so, yeah, fair enough yeah, go go girl yeah yeah it just Fuck seems like yeah <laughs> it seems like they're just going no i'm i'm yeah i see all this stuff on tiktok all the time all these boys trying to basically kind of go oh you need to not be this and you need to not be that and i'm like honey i don't know if you guys are in the position of power hey um, <laughs> i yeah. think we all oh, have we to go. blame all smart authors for all the single women because yeah. they're getting it elsewhere. <laughs> Why well, live in reality our... when you can build your own fantasy through a book? Yeah, yeah. yeah but also like, our expectations I don't know you... are higher from smart. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah, God yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, though, you've got in your head these expectations. But if you met a guy that you had a connection with that was actually acting like a reasonable human being, and you kind of had some sort of chemistry with, you'd be. <laughs> That whole blueprint would go out the window. Um, I don't think women go, oh my God, you're not like Christian Grey. Like, no. Um, (laughs) But we are less likely to put up with the bullshit because, Mm -hmm. um, like, when I was growing up, you know, I was was a teenager in the 80s. What an enlightened time that was. So we really had no bloody idea. You know, there's no internet. There's Dolly magazine. Oh, God. Um, Oh, my God, I love that. I was in Dolly magazine once because my friend came out. (laughs) (laughs) 
But, um, you know, so we just didn't have any ideas. So, you know, especially when you're growing up in a, a country town like I was, you just thought that that was acceptable. Um, whereas now women are like, ha, lol, no, you know, and yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. But anyway, yeah, I digress. Yeah, I think it gives women like a lot of confidence too, to be, mm. to have open communication about what they want and need. Yeah. With like their partners, could it be their partners, long-term partners or short-term partners? Which like the, is great. the TikTok thirst trap thing, that's fascinating to watch. I All love of thirst these, traps. Yeah, I mean, hello. Trap? What are we talking about? What are we oh, talking about? Oh, you know, voice, voice taking. Traps. I'm going to cut this log without my shirt on. Oh, you know, oh right. yes. yeah. Don't worry about safety gear. It's okay, ladies. I've got this type thing. Um, oh, but it's, it's all of these very fit boys, um, you know, doing all this stuff to attract both the gay male and straight girl um, gays. It's fascinating to watch. Like, it's like the sort of booby girls that used to be sort of on the front cover of magazines and all the rest of it, trying to sort of get by hey, guys to buy their magazines. But, um, yeah, anyway, sorry, keep going. No, I'm thinking about thirst traps now. No. <laughs> I love thirst traps. Jump on TikTok. I've become known. Blow your mind. Yeah, I've, I've become known in, um, in my friend group as being the the one that likes thirst traps. Right. So now whenever anybody comes across a good one, they'll send it to me. And it ruined my TikTok algorithm. Oh, so now no. I'll be like, I just, I just want to like, you know, look at book talk or whatever, or maybe some cute animal videos, but I'll have yeah. to search for that because it will never come up on my For You page. Oh, no. It's only, it's only the horror. <laughs> oh, no, hot abs, hot abs, more muscles. Come on, please make it stop. <laughs> All right. What do you get out of it the, when you watch um, it, Jay? Oh, it just makes you, oh, it's sort of like when you read like a little bit of like a spicy scene or something or like a really yeah. good bit of dirty talk. You just, it's like a little short wee video and you go like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's the exact same thing. So those boys are repackaging themselves, not for boys, but for girls. So they're doing things deliberately to attract them track women like they there was this whole tiktok drama i'm not going to go too much into it but basically they were trying to grab all those thirst trap, thirst trap guys and they were going to create this audiobook company where they narrated the books whether or not they oh had God. good voices or not i'm like i don't know if this is going to work it, that didn't get off the ground but yeah anyway yeah but it's like it's like porn for women yes because it's made for Great. women right yeah it's like, like we've completely flip flopped. It's like yep. previously we had to walk around in the short skirts and deal with the cat calling and like put on this display for men. And now it's like, I'm going to sit here in my pajamas and you're going to dance without your shirt on for yep. me. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, um, so I did a, um, uh, an exhibition back in the 90s about, you know, women and all the rest of it. And I had, uh, and it was all about female desire. And I had all these women and I'm like, ladies. And they're like, no. Um, Women are not visual, um, men are visual, women are tactile. I'm like, okay, so tell that to all the boys who keep coming into my studio and patting all my fake fur because I was making vaginas because, of course, you do because <laughs> it was the 90s and it was kind of the thing that you do. Fuck, yeah. Um, and, and, and then I'm like, and allow me to tell you how many stupid boys I've gone home with because they were pretty. Like, you know, no, yeah. this, this does not fly. But, um, yeah, so I think the thing is is, is exactly that. It, it's, it's the female gaze is becoming – very very important and i think you know somebody could make a hell of a lot of money making a x-rated tiktok with those boys doing what they do god yeah it's making only fans just in case you're wondering yes. yeah i think a lot of them yeah, are yeah. i can send yeah, you some links the... no I, don't, really. <laughs> I wish i did though i just don't 
feel the need to pay for it. Yeah. Always yeah. pay yeah. for your sex workers, team. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I pay on Bellasar, but I'm not going to pay on OnlyFans as well for some amateur people doing weird shit with capsicums. <laughs> like, I'm going to go to Bellasar when they know what they're doing. That was oddly specific. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, just whatever. It could be a carrot. Who knows? <laughs> All right, let's pull it back to the yeah. first series. <laughs> um, what were we the, even talking um, about? <laughs> out of the pack that you made for a wolf in sheep's clothing, mm-hmm. if you the could Vanguard pick, pack. The Vanguard pack. Yeah. If you could pick one of the guys to mm. be with in real life, who would it be? <laughs> None of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how so, this is meant to go, Sam. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. everyone to read it. Look, I mean, they are what they are, you know, like they're totally over the top. They're really intense, you know, and and that's awesome in a book. It's not in real life. Um, look, no. my partner, you know, you know how they talk a lot about golden retriever boys and mm-hmm. yeah. and goblin girls. Golden I'm the goblin. Energy. He's, he's golden retriever all the way. And it works really well for me. Um, so, you know, he's basically my wife and I'm the husband in a lot of ways. But, um, yeah, so, um, look, every single one of them reminded me of people I've known growing up. Um, it was very much that revisit, the, you know. Um, and the other thing is also is they're kind of like male parts of your brain. So there's little mm-hmm. aspects of your personality that you sort of twist into it. So it's kind of, it gets a bit masturbatory, I guess, in a way. So, um, and, and not in the cool way. But um, yeah, look, um, have I gone out with a haze before? Yes, I have. Um, yeah. But that's more yeah. for the dick. That's not for the personality. Oh, no, 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 no. Because I have, but purely for the dick. <laughs> No, I wish I could say I was that smart. I was not. Um, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> daddy issues, unfortunately. Um, no, fun. look, seriously, it would if you were charismatic and interesting, I was, yeah, I, yeah. I spent a lot of time with people who were really not compatible with. So anyway. <laughs> it happens to us all. I'm older and wiser now. <laughs> yeah. Out of all of the books that you've ever written, do you have like a like a pride of place? Do you have a number one that you love the most? Like, do you have a favorite out of every out of all of your books? Um, I'm gonna try and do this short because otherwise it will take forever. There's different books I really <laughs> like for a lot of reasons. So, Pack Heat gave mm-hmm. me my intro. Um, it's ridiculously over the top, stupid, smart. Um, that's pretty much all it is. That's what it was designed to do. Um, Reading and, that but, next. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> oh, it's not, it's not good. Um, but at the same time, it got me like it. It went, hey, guess what? Success is possible. So that's that's pretty important to me. Um, there are some books I've written in collaboration with different people. So if I'm going to represent um, a community like people of color, you know, Latina people or um, African American, whatever, I tend to work with some people um, from the community to make sure I'm representing people accurately. So those books always are important to me because it's much more of a collaborative effort than it normally is. Um, the Wolf Queen series, it's that is, I've been kind of writing that my whole life in a way because I, I used to only read fantasy um, before I started reading um, paranormal romance. And so 
yeah. So it, there was definitely some stuff in there that I was like, where the hell did that come from? And I'm proud of, really proud of the writing that's in there. Um, you should be. It's incredible. It's honestly, it's my first like medieval series and I was like, wow. Yeah. Sometimes books like um, Good Girl was another one. They just came from nowhere. Like I'm just writing and it honestly, it doesn't feel like I'm consciously doing a thing. It's doing it for me. It's kind of just going, this is the story. that, And I'm like, where was that story? Why didn't you tell me you were there? I would have wrote you ages ago. But, yeah, they just come out. So, yeah. But um. Nice. And um, for your next book that you're releasing, can you let us know anything about it? Can sure. you – yeah, can heaps. we know any little tidbits? Yeah, no, you can have everything. <laughs> Actually, I'll just – can you just uh, – yeah, read it out. I'll start reading, yeah. Right yeah. <laughs> um, so um, the Wolf first series is really good for me. Um, so I get bored doing the same thing. And I actually get bored – so a lot of um, MF writers, they will effectively write the same book over and over again with different characters and slightly tweak the details. I will read about the first two or three and I'll be like, wow, this is really well written. I love it. I love it. Oh my God, I don't want to read this anymore. I get, I burn out on mm-hmm. books real quick and I burn out on that formula really quick. But these books have been good because I go at a totally different trope each time. You know, so the first time was Second Chance. The second time was Second Chance and um, The Secret Baby. This time it's Billionaires. Um, the next one's going to be Step Brothers and that's going to be quite dark. Um, and Ooh. that helps me. Uh, yeah we'll see how my readers cope with that but anyway um so yeah it allows me to go somewhere totally different um so um I wrote a plus size FMC at the start of the year in um a book I wrote about an orc romance um people kind of liked that um so I figured I'd do that again um and go a bit more in depth with this the whole point with this book was to put the thing that I get that people want is they want steam they want to grovel. Um, so when the guys are just like, oh, my God, forgive me. Um, they want a heat scene. that I didn't do one at the end of Problem Child. I'm writing it now because everyone's so angry that I didn't put that in. <laughs> yeah, I was actually oh. like, where is it? Horny girls and getting angry. That's been my thing this year. But anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, hell yes. <laughs> last year it was all like, there's too many sex scenes. This time it's like, there's not enough sex scenes. I'm like, <laughs> But anyway, um, vaginas all around. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but um, so so I've I've tried to include all those things. Um, so yeah, and and billionaires was always going to be hard for me because you know being an Australian and egalitarian, I'm like, you know, you're not more special because you have more money. Hate you. <laughs> um, Eat the rich. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so that was hard, but um, you know, it was a good challenge. Um, I reduced the amount of guys because I sort of felt like trying to get five guys in um, a one um, a standalone is really hard. So I just kind of reduced that down. Uh, but yeah, basically, it deals with um, uh, the FMC meeting one of the brothers um, on the hookup app app that we sort of created um howler nice but um so i I had a lot of people saying i just want to see an omega find her pack i don't want to have too much other stuff in there because there was a lot of people who were sort of bit perturbed by the special needs child sort of element in problem child so i kind of went from that point of view and for my sort of headspace was 
if I'm going to do a plus size FMC and I'm going to do them with the so-called elite of society, then I want them to give her every kind of wish fantasy you could possibly think about. So um, from my perspective, it seems to be, you know, um, I looked a lot at videos on TikTok because there's a lot of plus size um, producers talking about it. They don't like fetishists who are sort of like, you know, about um, plus size bodies. And they also obviously also don't like people who are critical of it. So I was trying to straddle that line between the two of them. Um, but them basically deciding that she's their mate and them falling all over themselves the whole book trying to um, convince her that they're the one for her. Um, so she hooks up with one initially and because she thinks she's a beta, she's like, I'm gonna, just going to ghost you. I'm not going to have any contact with you because otherwise I'll catch feelings and I'll just be that another tragic beta sucking after an alpha who's never going to want me. Um, and then she rocks up into a new job and he's one of her bosses and so are his brothers. Oh, and they fuck, yes. <laughs> yes. So the woman who employs her basically employs her because she's like, ew, you're plus size and you don't look very pretty, so there's no way you'll get the bosses. And she's like, oh, lol, I've already slept with one of the bosses. Doesn't tell that the woman that. But um, <laughs> So anyway, it's, it's sort of that – the big thing about billionaire romance seems to be that tension between, you know, I'm at the workplace, I should have my underwear on and, oh, my God, I just want to bone that dude. Um, so um, there's a lot of that because um, they're just like, I don't care whether or not you're my PA or not. You're the one woman in the world that's for me. So we need you to get on board with that. And, yeah, so there's a little bit of drama, but there's not huge. The grovel is really long. <laughs> and really involved <laughs> um, it nearly broke me getting this book out um it just took so long to get out um so yeah there's got a big long grovel there's a hot big heat scene there's quite a lot there's a lot of steam god there's a lot of steam there's probably more steam than any of the other books <laughs> fuck yeah. yeah i'm reading that um a <laughs> lot like more now <laughs> uh, very soon i'm just waiting BRB, for to just gonna open my kindle <laughs> just waiting for it to come back from the the editor but um yeah a lot more kink in this one so um one guy is a sort of um what do you call it dominance so a dnm dns dom so not the mm -hmm. the pain aspect um just the dominance aspect one guy is more of a sort of pleasure dom another guy was a little bit primal i meant to go further with that but I didn't actually do that that much but um but yeah yeah Very they go so to Paris I'm not even kidding I want yeah, yeah, it I like now <laughs> <laughs> just get it back from the editor <laughs> I want to it hurry back up because Ola yeah. wants to read yeah, Ola is insatiable once she sits her sights on something that's it that's well it. that's 145k of words so it's a Fuck lot it. of words it's a I lot read of words fast. nice <laughs> <laughs> All right, and finally, if you, you could give one piece of advice to any aspiring female authors out there, what would it be? Um, all right, so it's got two bits. Um, there's a group called mm -hmm. 20 Books to 50K. Um, they have a formula of sorts um, that is potentially super awesome. Um, so what they talk about is doing a lot of market research before you um, start writing. Um, this is if you want a book that sells. You know, a lot of people just have got a book inside them that they just want to get out and they don't care whether it sells or not. But if you want it to sell, um, doing market research, talk to readers. Um, I get 
a team of readers to read through my stuff as I write and they give me feedback. I'm always surveying my groups on different aspects, getting like this idea. Um, so we have this idea of creativity that comes from a movement in the late 19th century called arts for art's sake, which was like, I'm the artist, whatever I create is fabulous. You know, I, I don't get dictated by the market. I dictate to the market. Mm-hmm. No, you know, it, it works well if you're Monet, but not anyone else type thing. So, um, so you got to put that shit aside. Um, it's about getting books out quickly or learning how to write quickly. So sprinting is really important. So you give yourself a timer and you just write like hell for, you know, half an hour, have a little break, go back and do it again. So I get regularly between eight and 10,000 words written a day. That's how Ooh. I can, yeah, it's, it's hard yakka, but yeah. Um, just in case nobody knows, hard yakka means hard work. Yeah, because <laughs> that one is very Australian. <laughs> oh my, I get pulled up for that all the time, and there's really yeah. weird things, and they're like, "What does this mean?" And I'm like, "How do you not know?" But anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> promo your little butt off on social media, TikTok particularly. Like TikTok makes or breaks people. You know, it did, you guys would have heard about that light luck book that it was like. Yep. The girl was on, about it. yeah, she was on Times Square and a massive, you know, ad because her book had taken off on TikTok before it even been published. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, once you get enough money together, start using um, Facebook and Amazon ads. Um, and it's this idea of the minimum viable product. A lot of people are perfectionists and they want it absolutely perfect. Like it has to be the greatest thing, like, you know, people will go back in time and they'll look at this book and they'll go, what a tome this is. You know, this, this is literature. Um, no, you know, we just want a good story. We just want to have a bit of fun. You know, um, that's what most people want. What, what are you doing after you finished a book going on to the next book? Can you remember the book that you read 10 books ago? Maybe. Did you have a great time while you were reading it? Yeah, you did, you know. So it, it's about that. It's about having realistic expectations of what a working author could. Because the funny thing is there's this huge thing going on at the moment with um, uh, they're trying to combine all these publishing houses together. So there's just going to be like this mega um, corporation. They said the vast majority, so something like 95% of the people in those, um, like Simon Schuster or whatever, they're selling on average – something like 5,000 books in the total lifespan of their book. You know, like I've sold more than that this year type thing, you know, if you're taking KU reads Mm -hmm. and all the rest of it. So, um, yeah, it's about just getting something out there for people to consume. And, you know, if you screw it up, which I do all the time, you know, this year I've worked harder than ever to try and, you know, make sure I cater to readers. Um, They, you just go back and have another go that's what your next book's about, you know. Yeah, you can't just keep obsessing on this and you will never have perfection. That's what you have to accept. Mm -hmm. So it's like, where's the line? Where's the line of of a good product that people enjoy and are prepared to buy? So, yeah. Yeah, but you also don't kill yourself trying to get out. Right. I'll get on to (laughs) (laughs) I was going to have more life balance this year, but that hasn't worked. (laughs) (laughs) you're right in saying like nobody really thinks about what they read 10 books ago but all we want when we're reading it at that time for me in particular is just great dick yeah Yeah. (laughs) no but but it's true like you're not looking for shakespeare you're looking for good dick 
Like yeah, that's why you read smart. What that means is complicated because if you really just want a dick, you read erotica. You know all those bang yeah, yeah, neighbors. Yeah. No, no. You like know, I want a stuff. story with some dick. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, and, and that is the thing that everybody argues about too much dick too much story Ugh. yeah anyway yeah all my, rev- all my reviews are basically that it's where i fell on that according to them and each one's different the, the spectrum of plot to dick yes exactly yeah. little, plot dick little, ratio. Plot, little sprinkle of i dick. wish that they would all tell me and just be like and then i could write it on there oh this is seven to two uh seven to three plot to dick ratio type thing and then yeah they should like, add that to goodreads oh mate i'd be so happy yeah. like it's like <laughs> five so stars good. and it's like a three on the plot to dick ratio that's right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like a callback to fan fiction as well because so much of fan fiction and like their tags will be like porn without plot yes porn with some plot like yep. it's, it's it's fan fiction is so well categorized yes if we do that find what you're looking for amazon bands so easily Oh, oh shit, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. just fucking rude. Amazon got oh, a bit of dickish people. Oh, they fucked think, over think some about authors. It. Think about it. Amazon is in America. That's where most, most of the um, things come from. They have Roe versus Wade being overturned and stuff like that. There mm-hmm. is a whole yeah. new world of purity. You know, Akatar has been tossed out of all of these um, American libraries, not just school libraries. So... It's going to get that worse, not better. Yeah, they're on a book ban yeah. at the moment. They get rid of they all sure Erotica. Are. Yep. Yeah, but yeah. Akatar really isn't. Like, there's one book that is, but the rest of it is not. But, um, yeah, no, they're, they're There's, like, a... there's smut scenes in Akatar, but it's not, like, a, a smutty series. No. Like, it's a fantasy I know. series. You just sort of got to go, ladies, it just has that's a what you think is a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Aren't you ready? I've got ready? news for you and it's all bad. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, I think it's going to get worse bizarre. before it gets better. Yeah. Uh, well, don't get rid God of the dick in libraries. I guess like the internet. All <laughs> yeah. dudes love it. Our podcast is going to be banned from America because there's a word <laughs> porn in the title. Well, that's terrible because the East Coast of America is where we do best. Right. <laughs> All of America is where we do best. Everywhere else, we're like, yeah. But America's like, give us the porn because we can't read it. Yeah. Tell us about the books. <laughs> Okay, so I want to go back and withdraw all of my comments about America, and it's great, and yeah, I wish I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We love liberal America. Yeah. We love yeah. liberal America. America's so big, you can't really lump it all nah. into one nah. category, can you? No. Nah. Yeah. All right, well, and on that philosophical note, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, Sam. <laughs> We had a great time. We hope you had fun as well. And we're yep. very much looking forward to your next couple of books. No problems. I'll send you those arcs, ladies. Oh, <laughs> amazing. Thank oh, God. Actually, just make sure you send me through your individual emails so I can send them to you. But yeah. No worries. <laughs> we will. Yeah, we can do that. You can't get rid of us now. <laughs> all right. And to all of you listening at home, thank you so much for listening. And please join us next week where we will be reading Nick's by Serena Ackroyd, which is the first of the Dark and Dirty Sinners MC series. I actually told Betty about this one and she liked it. So we agreed on something. It's going to be a good episode. (laughs) It's a goodie. I have a new dream in life and that's to be a biker's old lady in the 70s. So, oh no, <laughs> Betty, the most no, 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 feminist, no. independent no. woman wants to be a biker. She no. has the personality for it. You would be shocked. No. Um, they said about um, Sons of Anarchy. They said in the first episode, oh. Gemma would have been taken out the back and had the crap beaten out of her. Yeah, so. probably. <laughs>
I want to be a mob wife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll have cheese. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I'm, I'm wasted in healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next Bye. week. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Girls Who Read Porn. Follow us at Girls Who Read Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And for all business inquiries, please send us an email on girlswhoreadporn at gmail.com. Art created by Jessica Wanny and music made by Dane Forgy Stevens. See you next week and stay smutty, team. Thank you.